0: And what's up, Gamecock Nation? welcome in Thursday episode of the show I am West Mitchell he is Chris Clark and this is GC live we're getting back into our regular season long schedule where we'll, we'll be rolling every single day at around two o'clock obviously as you know if you're if you're not new uh, sometimes that means 208 as uh, as it is today sometimes uh, actually on Tuesdays uh, we'll almost assuredly be a little bit later due to press conferences and uh, tomorrow, Want to go ahead and tell everybody, Chris? um, Did we settle? Does one o'clock? Does that work? Is that is that cool with everybody? Uh, Everybody, I mean you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one o'clock is perfect. Let's do it.
0: So uh, we are, I would say, going to go back to what we did. I guess that was last year, right? Everything is run together. Um, But last year we were at Market on Main, right there on Main Street. uh, Beautiful um, outdoor facility with the massive, uh, 23 foot led screen. We'll be broadcasting live from market on main, uh, tomorrow. That's Friday. If you're listening to this later on Friday at 1 PM. So the stream will be an hour early. Of course, as always, this will be available Fridays will be available in podcast form as well on all the major podcast platforms. But if you're in the area, if you want to maybe take your lunch, come on over, um, Take your lunch break, I should say, and have lunch at Market on Main. Come hang out with us. We will be there in sort of what will serve as our final preview before South Carolina's season opener against Eastern Illinois. Before we move any further, got to tell you about our good friend, Clint Hammond of the Mortgage Network. Clint is, of course, our main presenting sponsor right here on GC Live. As you see there, NMLS number is 71597. Uh, He's got several different ways you can contact him, 803-771-6933. 803 422 6797, or you can just shoot him an email, hammond at mortgage network.com. Again, presenting sponsor of GC Live. And if you're in the market to buy a home, or you just want to see what's out there as far as your refinance options, Clint Hammond is your guy. Chris, we are two days away from kickoff. Um, I figured today we got to start to really dive into this game. We always do keys to victory, uh, you know, on, on Friday. We got to dive into this game itself and the uh, our, our final thoughts on on the season as well. If we're going to get those in, uh, we we assi- we essentially have two days um, to to get our final thoughts in on uh, on what's going to happen this season.
1: Yeah, man, and actually, uh, I've been working on a piece tra- trying to get. I've gone through a few different iterations in my mind, but been working on a piece actually where I'm just kind of, uh, I don't know. Dumping is the best word I can think of just kind of dumping all my thoughts for the preseason West. I know every Friday, Carolina confidential final game thoughts. I assume you'll have some big picture thoughts in there too. I'm kind of working on something similar for that. Can't promise when it'll be out. Whenever it, whatever my mind allows me to, to kind of get it right, get it ready, but Obviously, we're going to cover some of that, you know, over the next couple of days. And there, just thinking about it, the reason I wanted to put together a piece like that is, I mean, there there are so many kind of bullet points that you could go through, uh, not, not even just for this game. There's a lot to talk about for this game, but just for the season in general, kind of taking that big picture view. Since the ball hasn't been kicked off yet, you know, there's two different things to look at. It, it's not just a week-to-week thing right now Uh, once the season gets started everybody will be focused on that game once that game ends it's the next game now it's kind of you you certainly hone in on game one and some of the matchups and things like that there but you take that big picture view of what is this season going to look like what are the different storylines so there are tons of them whether it's some some positional battles you know how is quarterback going to shake out over the course of the year uh, what's the depth situation at certain spots, who's going to step up, what are the key positions, you know, new, brand new coaching staff, schematically, what do things look like? How do the players integrate into all those things? There, There is no shortage of, you know, storylines, big picture stuff, and even small stuff to look at going into this year.
0: Yeah, and and man, I, I think you look, um, whenever, whenever you just have a brand new coaching staff, which for all intents and purposes it is, I mean, it, it would be, it would be a story if if you had an, a new offensive coordinator. Uh, that, that would be a, a topic of discussion. It would be a story if you had a new defensive coordinator uh, alone. Uh, but to have new people everywhere and, and sort of see how all these things are going to play out and the different management styles, the different schemes, and stuff like that, that's probably the most exciting thing for me going into Saturday is just seeing what all that looks like. Um, so... Chris, I I did want to bring up one thing sort of in that same light. And I I don't know if you saw, I don't know if you took the time to watch, but um, very popular series on Twitter and YouTube is the many conversations with president, or I guess he's interim president uh, to be official, Harris Pastides. This was a popular segment before it has returned and Shane Beamer was actually on there this week um, I believe it was recorded maybe a couple few weeks ago but but they produced it and put it out this week most of the time it's very just sort of don't get me wrong it's very cool like I I enjoy it but you don't get a lot of like football info out of it but there was a question where uh president Pastides, doing uh doing the Lord's work here asked a question that I, I think we all have talked about or wondered about or Uh, You know, and and Beamer's been asked about it before and sort of alluded to this answer. But Pastides asked what would be Beamer's approach on fourth down and even mentioned. uh, Did you watch this, Chris? He even mentioned. Yes. He mentioned Ole Miss, which goes for it on fourth down under Lane Kiffin about as often as anybody I've ever seen. And so Beamer said, of course, with the caveat that all coaches have to say, it's situational, right? There's probably dozens of different little factors, little scenarios, little nuances to every situation that determines whether you go for it or not. So his answer, though, was it is situational. I'll probably lean more towards the aggressive side, having confidence in your offense or your defense if you don't convert it to get a stop. Um, I think it depends on the game, how the game is going, how the other team is playing, how your defense is playing, how your offense is playing, time of the game, and all that. But I am all for going for it when we can and keeping the offense out there and continuing to convert first downs. Um, I I believe at Oklahoma, uh, under Lincoln Riley, they, they take a similar approach. We know under Steve Spurrier, at South Carolina, that South Carolina took that approach. Um, granted, it's a it's a three sentence quote um, to the president. Beamer's telling people, you know, kind of what they want to hear to an extent. But what did, did you take anything away from uh, from that little comment from, from Beamer?
1: Well, I, I think it was it was good timing because we actually had a conversation about that on the show the other day, right? Of, of just how you know how is Beamer going to handle the first the first fourth down that you might reasonably think somebody would go for, right? What nobody's going to go to the game and let's say South Carolina, you know, gets the ball and they have it on the 32 on their own 32 to start the game. And it's fourth and eight. I don't think anybody's going to start calling for firings. If Beamer says, let's go ahead and punt this, this football there. Right. But the first, I think that the one you gave Wes was, you know, you're on the other teams, what 40, 35, you're, you're way down in their territory. Um, and then you got a, a fourth and two, fourth and three. Do you decide to go for it then? And, you know, I, I think there's going to be a lot of clamoring for that. Um, th- there's typically clamoring, but I think fans want to see more of that um, instead of say a long field goal, 50 yard field goal, whatever it may be. And so from what we've gathered on Beamer, it kind of seems like he he does want to go more aggressive. And And this was just, a little bit more confirmation on that. Wes, did you did you not like my answer? Yeah, you, you disappeared.
0: Yeah, I, I sort of uh, disappeared there for a moment. My entire <laughs> browser actually uh, accidentally closed. So, we That's are good. Yeah, we're back in the mix. Luckily, it was just that and not a an internet internet. Yeah, internet. It's not an internet issue at all. So, I, I think we're good yeah. on, on that end. But, yeah, man, I'm uh, as we said earlier, I I, om- I almost hope Almost hope that scenario comes up. Like first drive, first couple of drives of the season. There's like a fourth and three um, on the opponent's forty-five mm-hmm. yard line, and there's a decision to be made. Wes, I've got to
1: say. So when you were say, when when you said the line about Ole Miss, I wanted to look up. To I, I looked up some statistics here, right from last year. Where do you think here, trivia time? Okay. Who do you think the top three teams in the country were as far as fourth down attempts? Not, you know, how many they converted percentage-wise, but just
0: attempts. Oh, God. Um, Ole Miss is in there. Okay. Are you going to give me that? Yeah, you're
1: right. I'll give you the the confirmation.
0: Okay, Ole Miss Miss is in there. Uh, Yeah, Ole
1: Miss was number two in terms of fourth down attempts last season. Okay. Now, the game. You know, keep in mind. You know, teams always play a kind of a different number of games each year based on you know who makes a bowl. You know, play off all these different things. And but last year, yeah, last year was a little more screwy, right? But Ole Miss played ten games, went for it thirty three times,
0: converted twenty two. So they're they're going for it over three times per game on fourth down. That's you could you could say that. I would say that. Um, <laughs> That's good. Enough. Is there is there a triple option team in there? Like I I know sometimes uh There you uh,
1: go. I, okay. I, I was
0: gonna give you that hint.
1: So Army was number one. Okay. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Navy number three. So Okay, and Ole Miss two. And all Miss two. Yep. Uh Army Army played 12 games, Navy played 10, Ole Miss played 10. Now here is where I'm about to blow your mind, maybe. Uh, I should I gave it away a little bit. Where do you think South Carolina was in fourth down attempts? I might I might be shattering a narrative that I had in my own head a
0: little bit with this. Jeez, man. I I would have said at least bottom half. And you're about to tell me that they're probably top twenty-five or something, aren't you? I'm I'm gonna do you a little bit better than that. According to the
1: NCAA uh stats which was last season through mid about mid-January of, of 21. South Carolina's fourth down attempts total last season was, let me make sure I'm getting my math right, uh, there are a few teams tied in the sixth place. They were seventh in terms of it fourth down attempts, which is, yeah, uh, kind of remarkable. According to this, South Carolina 10 games last year, Fourth down attempts, 23, converted 17, which is actually almost 75%. I'm going to have to go back and look. Some of the game. I don't know, a lot of people maybe have blocked out some of what happened in some of the games. Maybe that's, you know, part of my issue here. I don't recall South Carolina going for it that much or converting 74% of fourth downs. But what we did see it, now some of that, Wes, we'd have to go through some of the situations um. Obviously, South Carolina got in, you know, a decent amount of fourth downs last year. They didn't. They didn't move the ball tremendously on offense, and they were also, you know, behind a good bit where you might, might tend to go for it more, you know, because you're trying to create something offensively. But when I looked up where Ole Miss was, I, I wasn't even going to look up South Carolina at first. It was just kind of not in front of mine and i'm sitting there and i see him up near the top and go okay let me let me take a look at this so that that was
0: just a surprising note for me as far as how
1: much they went for it last
0: season can can you easily toggle that over to lat, to the season before and see if i uh, i'll take a look if this is a one off while you're talking
1: i'll take a look at that
0: I, I i think chris the the issue i mean that that raw number is interesting it may it may be narrative shattering but but we saw enough man we saw enough for five years to me it was those those situations and especially after a decade plus of spurrier when you had these long field goals versus going forward on fourth down those decisions how many times did um they lean towards just kicking the kicking a field goal it it seemed to me like it was it was much more on the non-aggressive end when it came to those decisions um or pinning a team deep as opposed to just trying to to stay on the field so i now granted that the you know the numbers are what they are obviously last year south carolina uh, went for it statistically um you know, as much as about anyone in the country. So you can't really dispute that. But I would say over those five years, if you had the raw numbers um, or if you if you really wanted to get, like, analytical and broke it down to um, sort of the, the, you know, those situations, I, I would imagine South Carolina leaned pretty heavily on, on the conservative side. They, you know, there was that one year, Chris, when the offense was pretty good, uh, B-Mac's first year as O.C., and uh, that year, I'd, I'd imagine they were a little bit more aggressive as well, just because that that year uh, was uh, was solid. So I'm looking right now at um, twenty
1: the twenty they call it 2019 slash 20 season. So let me just verify that this is the right one based on record. Yeah, the year South Carolina with four and eight 2020. Uh, it looks like they went for it only 13 times uh that season no that's not right the the table's kind of messed up they went for it 27 times and converted 13 so they were under 50 percent. but that was much more you know i don't want to say middle of the pack nationally there's 130 entries here i can't really count them up accurately i would say they're probably about high 30s to 40s is kind of where they are in that. And once again, that year, Army and Navy topped the country in, in fourth down attempts that season. So, yeah, it, it was it was a little bit more, you know, it was a little less that year in terms of where South Carolina ranked that season before. But you're right. I mean, here's a stat. You know, going back to the stat that you mentioned on kind of the field goals, long field goals, the situations, you know, we looked at the fact – um, the other day, we were kind of going through some of Parker White's stats, right? Um, you know, you mentioned his his accuracy in, in terms of the course of his career and that, you know, 30 to 39, 40 to 49 type of range is really good. You know, in 2020 and 2019 for the Gamecocks, he attempted eight field goals of 50-plus yards and was one of eight. So I think what you're speaking to, Wes, is a little bit more of those situations. You know, those are the ones where – you know, how do they get handled? Not, you know, if you're down 14 in the fourth quarter, you got three minutes left, you got a fourth and two, you're going to go for it. You know, it's more of those situations with a long field goal or uh, a momentum shifter or something like that.
0: Yeah. So um, we'll see, we'll see how all that plays out again. It's it's all about situational as well, but you will get, obviously, as a coach sort of carves out their approach to doing things, you uh, eventually we'll, we'll figure out what the trend is there. How, how, you know, how does Beamer actually lean when he's in that situation situation in a real game? Um, not when he's thinking of all the scenarios, not when he's playing it out in his head, when he's on the sideline with 80,000 80, people in the stadium, a headset on and he has to say um, put on the field goal unit or, or go for it or, or go like this as Spurrier does when he would take the, the play sheet, and just, like, wave everybody back out there. Um, you got got to bust out a little bit of that if you're if you're Beamer. The old play play sheet wave, I guess you call it.
1: Definitely. That'd be a good one. We'll see. You know, here's, here's something I want to see. Does Shane Beamer ever, like, legit get mad during the game, right? Because he's got a little bit more of an edge that people give him credit for. He definitely does get fired up from what we've seen his time as an assistant. He likes to jump around and celebrate and things like that a little bit you know, chest bump, whatever it may be. Does he ever get a little cheesed off is kind of what I want to see.
0: And who, and who earns the wrath of that first uh, – That first, is it like a – is it a ref? Is it, uh, is it Eric Kimry? I mean –
1: <laughs> God, man. I'll tell you what. How many – Kimry, I don't know what he did, but he always is getting just razzed on the show. Well, you know, this time last year he was probably on this show. He, was I actually saw one of our old shows with him
0: recently, where he was on there talking, um, breaking down the game? And now they grow up so fast, Chris. They grow up so fast. Uh, no, that that'll be an awesome moment for him and Step, and for Beamer, and for all these guys. I I tell you, man, I don't know if we talked about this yesterday, but I I kind of I liked how when these guys have been asked about what it's going to be like Saturday, that they have not given the oh it's like the business as usual, uh, you know, coach speak. And we we actually need to we actually need to grab that clip of Beamer where he said he says, that's a bunch of crap. If I said that, and then we're just gonna play that. Anytime somebody on the show says something that's wrong, we're just gonna play that's a bunch of crap. But but Beamer was asked about it. You know, Satterfield was talking about the excitement and, and how he'd have to Make sure you know his his nerves were calm as well, and um, that that was cool to see. Just some genuine, like, oh, I'm not going to play this cool, or I'm not going to just give you the the answer I'm supposed to say. It was the the legitimate answer, and I imagine for a lot of those guys, uh, particularly Justin Step, Eric Kimry, uh, fulfilling a dream of of going out there and, and coaching for this team will be uh, will be pretty special on Saturday.
1: It is. And, you know, you, you, mentioned on the, I think on the yesterday show how, you know, that kind of theme of gratitude has, has really come across, you know, um, when you're talking about some of these coaches, and I think uh, excitement, you know, about being at South Carolina is, is cool. You know, it, it's something that I think is going to be neat for these guys. Even, I mean, I think less you also think of a guy like Jimmy Lindsay, who, you know, uh, was born in the state of South Carolina, you know, um, he he's a guy that, in a way, is a homecoming for him. Gamecock's defensive line coach. So uh, it it was neat. I think that that's something that's kind of permeated um, the team with with the media opportunities that you see and just some other things that we hear, Wes. Whether it's coaches, whether it's players, there has been a little bit of a different vibe, you know, in the offseason. We mentioned that hundreds of times. Probably by this point, people might be sick of it, but you do get that sense from the coaches. There's a, lot, there's a lot more, uh, there's there's real talk, right? Whether that's, you know, some of the players being up front about like struggles they've had in the past and where they are now and just being pretty open and honest about that or whether it's a coach saying it not going up and giving that coach speak, like you said, I think it's pretty cool. I think people enjoy that. Um, so we'll see, we'll see where it goes from there.
0: All right, so we, we did this last year, Chris. I, I think it's time to bust out once again, our Gamecock Russ stat of the week. And yes, this is where if we actually had like strong production value, we'd play some stat of the week song, and a graphic would pop up, and so y'all just picture something popping up over our faces, and some music going. Stat of the week by Gamecock Russ. Uh, shout out to Gamecock Russ who never gets to join us anymore, but he is he is here in our hearts, is what I will say, Chris. I will, and I'm gonna have to find it because our, our buddy, our buddy here tweets quite quite a bit, actually. Um, but he does have really good stats. He will pull some some stats just um, out of seemingly thin air that you sometimes, and sometimes stuff I would never even think to look up, man. But this one, a little bit more sort of not not a deep stat. But I would say a meaningful stat. And, Chris, it is about the fact that even though uh, the team South Carolina plays Saturday, I will say has we, – we learned yesterday – has an awesome head coach. I was, I was very, very impressed oh, yeah. with, um, with Coach yesterday. And I, I think I will always be a fan of theirs moving forward. Just because he, he did the show and he was awesome and uh and really just kind of uh, was a very down to earth person. Right? So we're oh, we're, yeah. we're pulling for them. We're openly we're not supposed to do that, but openly after this week we will be pulling for them.
1: Yeah, that they were they were really uh he was fantastic, man. And I I, I let the S I D know who helped us set up the interview at Eastern Illinois, you know, just thanking him again and and told him, you know, coach, coach was fantastic. So yeah, Adam Cushing, great guy. I mean, he was smiling as soon as he hopped into our little waiting room here on StreamYard West and, uh, you know, just gave, gave great answers, honest answers, great insight and and was, you know, really a, a pleasure to talk to. So I, you know, we had a few people yesterday, Wes, say, make this a weekly thing, having the opposing coach. I have a feeling that'll be a tough pull with some of them. I'm all for it. So if anybody wants to write letters, start a campaign for us to get the likes of, you know, Kirby Smart, Dan Mullen, Dabo. Can you imagine us having Dabo Swinney on the show? That would be very interesting. Don't think, yeah, no, no. I just don't think those guys are going to do it. But we'll we'll always, hey, we'll make an effort to uh, to get opposing coaches on as much as we can.
0: You keep you keep mentioning Kirby. I feel like that's your. Your goal is to get Kirby I, smart. Um, I mean,
1: honestly, if we had Dabo Swinney on GC Live, that would shatter the
0: viewership record,
1: whatever it is, I'm sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know that if we could do that. It, yeah. Um, all right, Gamecock Rush, stat of the day. Eastern Illinois versus Power 5 opponents since 2010. I have not personally verified any of this. This is how much I trust. Gamecock Russ and his stat of the day: That is, last year, no Power Five opponents. Obviously, 2019, a 52 to nothing loss to Indiana. 2018, a 55 to 20 loss to Arkansas. 2015, a 41 to nothing loss to Northwestern. 2014, a 42 to 20 loss to Minnesota. 2011, a 42 to 21 loss to Northwestern. In 2010, a 37 to seven loss to number nine. Iowa. So, obviously, lots of different players on this team, different uh, generations, different head coach, et cetera, et cetera. But, point being, it has not been kind with, to Eastern Illinois when they have played Power 5 opponents. The line this week is in the 40s. I, I, I feel like it's probably a day where South Carolina – is going to be able to play a lot of guys, is the way I will say it.
1: Well, and, you know, those – look, here's the thing, Wes, about some of those teams even you mentioned. Like you you mentioned the 2013 team in there, 2010 through 2013 and and on up. But the point is, 2010 through 2013, a guy named Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback for the Eastern Illinois Panthers. And, you know, that – I mean, just looking at the 2013 team, they were – Ranked top five nationally, they were undefeated in their conference. They were, they were uh, twelve and two. Dino Babers, you know, the Eastern Illinois head coach at that time, um, but you know, still had had some did not fare as well. Twenty thirteen. Did you have one from twenty thirteen? West, a power five opponent? No, no power five. No, no. verified. No. So, anyway, point is. Rough go of it versus the Power Five, even then they were really good. So different players, obviously. um, Different matchup with South Carolina. But very interesting stat there from Russ. And you know what? Russ's stats are so good, we do need to add some production value. We need some kind of graphic with Russ's smiling face up there.
0: We We need his head to pop up.
1: We need his head to pop up and then maybe even, like, have him record. Game cut Russ stat of the day. Boom. We pop it up there.
0: There it is. Yeah. I love it. We'll let him have his own theme music, since he can't be on the show exactly. normally. Um, so yeah, dude. If uh, let, let's go, let's keep it in in the numbers and the stats category. Jay Phillips one seven five today. Put the over under on guys who will catch passes on Saturday at ten and a half for South Carolina. I went over. I felt pretty good about it like like I would feel pretty strongly about that. I I think it'll go over fairly easily. I I would have gone all the way up to maybe 12 or 13 guys. What uh chat? People I see I see Mark already weighing in. Chatters, what say you? And tell me why. And Chris, what do you say?
1: Let's see. You know, I, I, what I tried to do, a little bit of a cheat. I didn't You're not just,
0: allowed to say it'll be close.
1: I'm not going to say it's, it's going to be gonna close. We're going to just go ahead and cut I, that That out. doesn't even make sense to say right now. Close close to what? Oh, close to the 10 and a half? Yes. Well, I, I think it will be, but regardless. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be two and it's not going to be 25 players. You know, it's kind of the point I'm making. I did two things. I kind of went through in my head. And kind of thought about well, if this happens, this happens. How many players would that would be? Would that be? Also went through and kind of tried to find what is a comp for this game. You know, as far as like opponent wise. And so I went to the Charleston Southern game from the 2019 season. Now that team had Rico Dowdle and they had Brian Edwards and Shy Smith and Charleston Southern. You know, I, I don't know. That, that team, no offense to any, you know, Charleston Southern fans, that was a, that was a wo- woefully undermatched team, right? So I don't even know if that's fair. But the point is 11 guys called a pass in that game for South Carolina. They won that game 72-10. to They dominated. Uh, a lot of guys got to play. Tons of guys got to play. So actually, I wonder if that's Jay, how Jay came up with his number, kind of shrewd. Maybe he went back and looked at that and said, I'll set it at 10 and a half. I will say, I will go over as well. I I will go over. Okay. I don't think it's going to be, you know, 16 guys, but I'll go over.
0: So you think it's going to be close? I didn't. You just said it. (laughs) I said it earlier too. Um, Somebody asked, Jay, what's up, Jay? Who is your 11 or 12? Not Jay Phillips. This is Jay Morris. Who are the 11 or 12? That's a great question. Let me see if I can do this off the top of my head. So, I've got, I got three receivers catching passes, Chris. Only Obviously, three? Well, no, no, no. This, this is how I started, right? Okay. Like the three So, the three starters, Brooks, Van, Joyner, will catch passes. Then, I think at least three tight ends will catch passes. So, uh, you know, Nick Muse, Jaheim Bell, EJ Jenkins, maybe, maybe as the game goes on, maybe more. But I, I I sort of went through it like guaranteed in my head. I think three, three, there's six. I think three running backs will catch passes because I think there's going to be a steady dose of uh, the running backs in the passing game. And I think this is an offense, y'all. There's not going to be a Sidney Rice. There's not going to be an Alshon Jeffrey. There's not going to be a guy that just basically demands – the ball by being that good. It's going to be a spread it around offense. So I say three, three and three, there's nine right there. So then I say at least there's, there's a strong chance that another couple of receivers catch the ball. Probably, uh, you know, they'll get a Mario Brown involved. They'll try to get Ortre involved. They'll try to get Leggett involved. Jakari Caldwell will probably play some, uh, Then you throw in maybe maybe a Trey Kenyon catches one at tight end. Maybe um, as the game goes on, KeVian Mullins gets in there. Like there's opportunities. They have depth at these positions. Maybe as the game goes on, uh, you know we'll see how much Kevin Harris plays. But I think Juju, um, Juju White and um, and Marshawn, duh. Those three great chance there, but then does, as the game goes on, does uh, you know does Rashad Amos get involved? Does um, one of the walk ons at running back get involved? So I, I just think if I've gotten about nine guarantees, and then there's a great chance there's probably another six, seven, eight guys I could list that are going to have a shot to catch a ball. So uh, that that's why I think it'll go over just because so many different guys are going to play. If this was an SEC game, I still think they would spread it around but it would be more in the lines of, like, seven, eight guys maybe. But Good point. In, in this game, an opportunity to, to get it to, to a lot of guys, and I think the backs and tight ends are going to be incredibly involved in the passing game as well.
1: And I think a relevant question or, or an interesting kind of question, poll question could be, you know, which position group has the most catches? Which position group has the most guys that have catches? You know, is it going to be five – tight ends, five five different tight ends have a catch and four receivers or five and five. You know, how many running backs get into that action? Is it going to be three, four, you know, that have a catch? So it, it is interesting. Like you said, there's not a there's not a bell cow guy in terms of being a pass catcher in the receiving core. And we already know that Marcus Satterfield is going to look to, you know, get some other guys involved. Running backs, they've talked about being potentially big in the pass game. We know tight ends are going to use some different personnel packages, to get their tight ends involved. They're going to be a huge part of the passing game too. Wes, before we move on to your next topic, I know you have a great one. Do I? Uh, well, uh, whatever it is, is going to be great. SC Scout guy, I wanted to mention this from earlier. He got himself some dead Soxie socks. Came in the mail today. Has to say they're pretty nice. Give us more info, SC Scout Guy. Appreciate you ordering. And you may say, I want to be like SC Scout Guy. I want to be like Wes. I want to be like Chris and many other Gamecock fans uh, that on this show that have Dead Soxy Sucks. Check them out. DeadSoxy.com, D E A D S O X Y.com. And since you're watching the show or listening to our show, You are lucky enough to get 25% off your order with the promo code cocky, C-O-C-K-Y. Anything you order in DeadSoxy.com's online store, whether it's the spur line of socks, dress socks, athletics, no-shows, whatever it may be, buttery, soft feel, and patented no-show technology. So make sure you check out DeadSoxy.com, that's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com, and use the promo code cocky for 25% off. Apparently Alex has some too, Chris. Oh, I knew, I already knew Alex had some. Yeah, I think, I think Alex might have gotten some last season and gave a nice review to him. So check them out. Uh, those guys have been great. They've sent us some of their, uh, some of their socks too. We've checked them out. Fantastic stuff. So make sure you check out Dead Soxy.
0: Charles wants to know who's going to score the first touchdown. I pro- I think I promised a contest on that and I have not posted it yet. So I do have one final. $25 gift card to the grand that it's been just hanging out in my pocket. So um, tell y'all what, I'm going to make myself a little reminder right now. Check out the Insider Forum if you're a subscriber. We'll do that as one of our final predictions. Who scores the first touchdown of the Shane Beamer era? And then we'll we'll have the distance as the tiebreaker if people um, – because pe- people will, will say the same – There'll be several people that will say the same guys, but we'll have the distance. Whoever is closest to the distance will be the tiebreaker, and I will uh, I'll mail you a twenty five dollar gift card to the Grand on Main Street, which is actually where we will be on Main Street right down the road at Market on Main Friday. That's tomorrow one o'clock. Come by. I was gonna get. I was gonna give you guys some posters, but come to find out, they're in Colin Taylor's trunk right now. And uh, his trunk is in Charleston. Oh, so, cool. may how about how about next week, Chris? We will uh, we will have some posters for everybody too. That sounds
1: awesome. And you know what, Wes? Man, we're in a given mood today. I have another giveaway to tell the you. Got some stuff to give away. Well, it, it's a chance. It's not a definitive giveaway. It is a chance to get in on a giveaway. So let me cue up the information here. But well, we have a contest through. Gamecockcentral.com that uh, we are working with Familia FC, which is the kind of, you can think of it as, as the fan club of Gamecock women's soccer. Obviously Shelly Smith, head coach there, has done a fantastic job. Um, she has a fantastic team again this year. They just wrapped up a road trip where they uh, won a couple games, scored with less than a minute left uh, in the game to to win another game, avoid overtime and win another game recently. So, We actually have a contest going on GamecockCentral.com. It is a text to win. So I'm going to drop the info right here in the chat. Basically, you're going to text a code to a specific number, and then we're going to randomly select five winners, and we're going to notify those five winners tomorrow morning. What do you win? You get a Familia FC membership. And so in this link that I dropped, it's going to tell you uh, exactly what you get with that membership. You basically get a swag bag you get some other cool perks and it's a cool way to support the women's soccer team, which obviously is, is one of the really good team at the university of South Carolina. So I'm going to drop that right here, go to it, uh, text to win all that good stuff. And hopefully you can get
0: yourself a swag bag from Familia FC. So I did a, a speaking engagement a couple of weeks ago, Chris, they straight up put me on the spot, like straight up on the spot. Um, and they were like, "Who first of all, they asked me to give a win total, which I'm not giving that on the show, but put me on the spot, and I'm about to put you on the spot because I can great um and and I, I this is a very these are very simple questions, but because of all the things we've been talking about all off season, they're very difficult to answer. so here we go. Who in the year of twenty twenty one is South Carolina's leading receiver by catches?
1: Okay, I was that was going to be my. Are we talking about yards or catches?
0: Oh, man, that's a good one. And if you if you if you feel strongly about it being like somebody different, as in like I think this guy will lead by catches, this guy will lead by yardage. I, you can I'm split them. I can't say I feel strongly about whatever answer I'm about to give. So I'll, I'll I think it's done. very, very like you could make a case. For, oh, yeah. For any of the three starting receivers. Yeah. You could make a case for Nick Muse. Like there, there's there are several guys you can make a case for.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing is them not having that, that bell cow guy. Um, I am going to go with. I'm gonna go with Nick Muse. I am gonna go with Nick. Um, if you're, if you were to pick a receiver, I think I'd probably, honestly, pick to carry on, which would be very. That'd be a really cool storyline. But just because I feel like he's going to be in the game a little more, you know, um, like you think of Josh Van, he's playing. You know, he's kind of in that third receiver slot. We may see more like two tight end looks and things like that. I just think, you know, when we break down the snap count at the end of the year, would it be fair to say it's probably going to be Joiner and Brooks might end up playing the most snaps? You know, Van could, I could be wrong. Maybe Van jumps up in there and I think he's one of the more naturally talented guys. I'm overthinking it a lot. So I'm going to spit out, I think Nick Muse.
0: Yeah. Cause it, well, it is hard, man. And I, i I still actually don't know which of those guys between Van and Joyner are playing more in the slot versus outside and, and sort of how, right. you know, I know they're they're listed that Amari Brown, who is a slot guy, is behind Joyner on the depth chart. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, I tend to think – Maybe a guy like Jalen Brooks as, like, a long strider type that's probably going to get some shots down the field. He got open down the field. Um, you know, we don't have to go into the issues from last year, but he was open down the field. M- maybe a guy like Brooks is your leader in yardage, like receiving yardage, and maybe a guy like Joyner is your leader in in catches. But uh, I, I said I went with Joyner. That, that was my pick. I, I think um, I think with Van like it wouldn't shock me at all based on the reports we hear about how well Van has done. It would not shock me at all if he has like an actual true honest to God breakout season and, and catches a lot of balls. Uh, but at the same time, I think we're all in that sense of we want to see it in a game first before you start making those predictions you know so uh so van, van is like the sleeper pick in, in that i think uh, to be the leading receiver i like your muse pick i'll go joiner just as a type like just to cuz I, I would go coin flip with those two honestly so i'll go joiner as by by receptions um another question that should not be this hard to answer but absolutely is who is the leading rusher for South Carolina this year,
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't even know why you said that shouldn't be hard. I think it
0: is hard to answer. Yeah, well, just u- usually if a team returns a thousand-yard SEC rusher from a ten-game SEC schedule, like if you were just zoomed out and you weren't following it like all of us do you'd be like, Kevin Harris, that's easy. Right, right. But, uh, Harry, I mean, I, I think Zaquandre White starts, I think he gets to start on Saturday. I think Lloyd is going to have every opportunity in the world. And, um, you know, Ju- Juju's probably not going to be the leading rusher, but he's probably going to have some, some nice stats just by the fact that he'll break off a couple of – 70 yarders that, that really bump up his average at least. Yeah, it
1: is. And, and then, you know, you're, you're always making these predictions where it's like, you know, obviously everybody has to stay healthy, you know, because yes. yeah, of course, of I course. Mean, you got it. You got to bake that in. so it's, and it's hard to do that with running backs. Cause you, you look and, you know, statistically um, the, the idea of a running back, at least one of them, missing some time, whether it's, you know, missing a little bit of a game or a whole game or several games, it's a little bit higher at that position just kind of based on history, not only at South Carolina, but just across college football. So, um, you you know, a a healthy Harris, I think Wes still probably has to get the nine. That's where I would go with it. Um, and it's, you know, a lot of that, to be fair, is based off of last season. It is. And I think your mind naturally goes more to who's the guy who's actually done it in a game. And, you know, if if he is healthy throughout the year, you do think he'll play a lot. You know, so I, I would probably go with him um, if I had to say. Kind of figuring out not only number one, but OK, who would be number two? Who would be number three? Like, that's a very difficult question at this position.
0: Agreed. And. I'm with you. If I if, if I had to like actually like if I had anything on the line with the pick, you gotta go with Mr. Dependable, Kevin Harris. Um would it would any of the others really surprise you? Probably not. But but Harris, if, if you're picking, it is sort of the guy you're going with. Um those did are really good. go ahead. No, I was gonna say, did y'all do leading tackler? We did not, but that is a great question. Who, who would that be? You go first, since I asked. Oh, I got to go first. Um, <laughs> well, Ern- Ernest Jones is not walking through the door. He uh, he would have been a very, very easy pick. Tremendously uh, Yeah. Good grief, man. Does it have to be a linebacker? Like, I, I feel like – No, no, it doesn't have to be I mean, a linebacker. No, it doesn't have to be, but it it's normally a terrible sign if it's not a linebacker. <laughs> Makes sense, don't you think? Like if if a safety's I, making all your tackles, that's usually not not a good sign.
1: I'm 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 in the midst of looking up some uh, some stats.
0: You're but- a bad you're a bad defense of a safety because I I'm t- it could it could be R.J. Roderick, man. He could be the leading tackler. You just you – just, so are you saying there could be a bad defense? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It could be R.J. Roger. Um, Let's go positive, though. Let's. I'll say Sherrod Green. Okay. Okay. Again, and that – you know, these guys got to stay healthy. Like, Sherrod Green and, and Brad Johnson both have had similar – I would say it hasn't like exactly paralleled, but their careers have been similar in that injuries have played such a big part in what has happened to them. By the way, while you're looking at that, Chris, Craig asked what I was munching on. I am a big um, trail mix guy. So I got, I got the old uh, Costco massive trail mix thing. That's my, one of my snacks of choice. For anyone uh, else that's wondering. I he, I think, Wes, my my
1: vote for this particular, you know, stat, I would probably go with Sherrod Green because he's a linebacker, he's gonna be playing the mic spot. You know, he'll he'll be in the action a lot to where he has an opportunity, you know, to be to be in the mix there. Um I think uh, what I was going back and looking at, so two of the past three seasons at Western Kentucky, Clayton White, uh, two of the past three, a linebacker, um, one of them was Ben Holt, one of them was Kyle Bailey, ended up being the leading tackler on the team. Last season, it was Devin Key, brother of four star wide receiver Dane Key. Um, Devin Key was the leading tackler uh, now, and uh, he was a safety you know, for this team. So I, th- I think that is a safe bet to make it either a linebacker or a safety. I mean, th- those are going to be a couple. And I don't know that your defense necessarily has to be bad, Wes, if it's if it's a safety. You know, I think it depends on, you know, what's your scheme, what what happens, how good of a safety do you have or safeties, you know, but I, I generally think the safer bet is to, is to probably go with Sherrod Green for this year. So I don't know if we have any other stats of the day. Wes <laughs> West I'm sorry, totally caught me unaware. He's down there just munching away. How many sunflower seeds do you have? Do you have like a whole tub over on the side? Is it a bag? Do you have like not not
0: sunflower seeds, trail mix?
1: Trail mix, okay. Somebody was talking about sunflower seeds.
0: Yeah, if I if, if y'all ever see that if y'all ever see me put Chris on the one shot, ninety nine percent chance that I'm eating something. I had somebody.
1: I've had, well, more than one person. They're like Wes eats a lot on the show. Well, that's fine. I drink a lot and turn red and things. Hey, yeah. we we're doing, we're doing
0: we multitask, man. That's is a good thing about the show. Well, there I, are some there are some days, Chris, where I do eat my lunch, like oh, yeah. because I have not had time to get a lunch in. So I will eat my lunch during the show while <laughs> while Chris is talking. Yeah. Uh, so if you see Chris on the one shot, I am. I'm cramming something in my mouth, but
1: I feel like I'm going to laugh every time now that you put me on the one shot. And, and now that everybody, I mean, <laughs> I see it down there. Yeah. I just roll with it. And sometimes I almost laugh, but now that everybody knows and like, you yeah, look, yeah. Start laughing. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. USC light said, uh, Chris drinks a lot with the, uh, uh water. We keep it to water. On the water show. during the show, but yes. hey, some still, some still hands. Let's, Let's let's throw a little shout to to our peeps at Still Hands. Absolutely, they always take care of us. And uh, more more to come, I will say. We hope oh, as far as the Gamecock Central Still Hands collab, if you will. More to come. Um, I was trying to think if there are any sleepers to. So, somebody said their sleeper was Debo. Uh, Sheldon did on Facebook. I. I wouldn't predict that, but I could see that because he's an instinctual guy. He's a physical guy. And that would be one, Sheldon, where you could look really smart. Like if somebody got banged up and Debo was forced into action, he could maybe sort of, you know, come along as the season progresses and and maybe rack up a lot of tackles along the way. Like that. that's one of those picks where, I like that as a sleeper pick because it, it very easily could actually happen in my opinion. Um, Sacks. That's that's another one. Sacks probably hard to. I mean, inning barre is like the the obvious one, like off the bat that you would pick. Would you? Well, I'll just ask you like this, Chris. Would you predict anyone other than inning barre? Are you just naturally going with inning barre? Yeah. I mean, that's
1: the natural pick, but also if I just think through it, I would still pick him, you know, I think he's going to have, you know, plenty of opportunities, you know, to, to be in there on third downs. Obviously you think about your pass rush situation where you get into third and longs. you want JJ and Abari on the field, you know, I mean, he, he's your most, he's your most proven guy there at this level. And so he, he's out there, you know, I, I think the bigger question, not to say that he's an absolute lock, but he would be my pick. You know, I think just like who's the second guy is that, you know, some people may say, well, it's Jordan Strong. He led the country in sacks. Well, he's, he's stepping up a level. Um, is he going to be playing as much, you know, at, at South Carolina? I think he'll play plenty for sure. He's going to have plenty of chances. But just how do you divide the snaps? Is it Jordan Birch? Heck, is it Aaron Sterling, a starter, you know? I think you could go a number of directions with that one, but I, I would pick JJ for
0: the leading sack artist. Yeah, easily. Um, hold on. We uh, we we just got a submission. We're, we're almost done with the show, y'all, so if y'all got any final questions, throw it in. Chris, we have a submission with a Gamecock Russ graphic coming in at the buzzer. Let me give credit where it's due. This is from Mighty Gamecocks, at Mighty Gamecocks, a, uh, a friend of the show on Twitter. The uh, Gamecock Russ stat of the day. All right, I, and I hate beggars can't be choosers. I love I love it. Um, is there any way to just extend the garnet part out? The uh, our, our size is the same as like a YouTube um, graphic. If there's any way to hit resize on the thing, I will 100% use this. As I just so you don't see like me looking like Two Face over here um, during the the stat of the day, but that that is an excellent. I'm literally I'm saving that right now for our our Gamecock Russ stat of the stat of the week. I should say every single week.
1: That's, that's outstanding. I love the formulas in the
0: background. Yeah,
1: that's the best part for me. That's awesome.
0: Appreciate that submission, and and appreciate uh, Gamecock Russ as well, man. Hopefully he's listening on the podcast. Right now, not while we're recording it, but like right now for him, hopefully he's like, man, I'm getting all this love on the show. We miss you, buddy. Um, all right, y'all that, that's it for today. Tomorrow we're live from market. Come out, say what's up. That's market on main. It's on main street, Columbia, South Carolina. You cannot miss it. Just look for the big, massive, biggest screen you've ever seen. Um, outside space, Chris, I understand they have an owning out there now. So we're going to be out of the elements a little bit, which will be cool. And uh, we will give our final breakdown, final thoughts, final everything about South Carolina and their season opener, which is coming up this Saturday at seven o'clock at Williams-Brice Stadium. So for Chris, I'm Wes, and we will see you then.